Hello, everyone, and welcome to Survive Her. I'm your host, Jay Ellis, a casual Survivor fan, and I am joined by an extremely dedicated Survivor fan, Evan Ayers. Hi, Evan. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's pretend like we haven't been talking for the past 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's so crazy. You just happened to be on here. Yeah, we're just, you know, happened to both log on and wanted to talk about Survivor. So here we are. Yeah, this weird, this weird uh, recording thing just like happened to be up at the same time and happy, happy we connected. Right. So the whole reason <laughs> that this came about is I heard you do like a full on rant on Patreon about last season of Survivor. And I have kind of dipped a toe in Survivor from the beginning. So every couple seasons I would come in and then, I don't know, life happens and I would go out of it. I'd come back into it. So I know a lot about the show and like enough to have like a passing knowledge, but you seem like you are like an, an encyclopedia of everything Survivor. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, when you say life happens, um, I feel like life happens, but it happens in response to Survivor for me, which is pretty embarrassing. Um, but no, so yeah, totally. I have no problem admitting that I am a huge, huge Survivor fan, lifelong super fan. Um, I went on that rant last a couple months ago about the most recent season because I was genuinely upset and it it's kind of concerning that I can't control how much this show affects my feelings. Um, but yes, I am a full-blown fan from the very beginning. I have never missed an episode. I have never missed a season. I, it's, I, I do the other show, The Rumor Mill, about RuPaul's Drag Race, which is very fun, and I love reality TV. But my love of reality TV is 100% rooted in my, my absolute first love of Survivor. Wow. Okay. I have like two questions, but I do want to give the listeners just a heads up that Afterthought is nice enough to be hosting us for this. I think we're going to try to make it monthly. Is that right? Kind of like a recap of kind of what's going on with the show. It's not going to be a an episode by episode recounting of what's happening, but just kind of an overall how we're feeling about the season and basically a countdown to season 40 where we have all of our all-stars coming back to play the game. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I think I think it'll be a, a monthly check in of how you know progress of the game. A couple episodes will have happened. We can recap a few important plot points and uh, just kind of get our thoughts as the season progresses. Because it's it's thirteen episodes usually a season, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I think it'll be more helpful if we do like two or three per season leading up to forty. Mm-hmm. And okay, I, like. For this, I kind of want to do, who knows, things might happen where we want to cover an episode specifically because it's like so crazy and out of control that maybe we'll just hop on and do like a quick episode. But I just want to say about a monthly, hopefully we'll be able to post something when a new episode's out so people can kind of be aware of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, there will be definitely will be times, depending on how good the season is, where I'll either get really excited and want to talk a lot about it, or, or as will you, or we'll we'll wait. So just we'll play it by ear. I'm super down to like have this be an evolving thing. Cool. Okay. Yeah. This is the very intro of something. So we're we're trying to see what works here. But okay. So I want to get into. You said that you watched it. For, this is from season one. We're in Borneo, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And were you watching as it was airing live on TV? Yes, I was. I remember walking downstairs in my living room when I was, I think I was eight or nine years old. It was 2000. And I remember my parents watching this big fat gay man sitting on a log with this orange thing around his ankle, which was a buff. And they were arguing about corporate role. And I remember not knowing what corporate role was, but I loved whatever was happening. And so literally within like four minutes, I just kind of happened to walk in the family room. And ever since then, I, I watched on a weekly basis. So your parents were watching and you just kind of caught it by proxy. Yeah. I, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, my parents think this is cool. So like, I want to pretend like I know like what's going on or I, I want to be a part of this. So that oh. was, yeah. 
And it was uh, because I came in season one as well, but it was well into the jury aspect of the game. So it was, uh, we still had Sue, we had Rudy, we had Kelly and Richard, um, I think still playing the game. So mm-hmm. I, I came in kind of on like the finale of season one. And I was like, what is this show? This is so cool. Because reality TV kind of had been frowned up frowned upon up until that point. But then we still had, this was kind of like changing the whole game of, eating the bugs, surviving on an island, taking these people and putting them in this situation that nobody would voluntarily put themselves into, I would think, but then recording it and seeing what happens. And I was thinking, okay, well, as soon as season two comes, I'm going to be in from the very start because I want to know what this is. So it sounds like you you started from the start, though. I did start from this. I did begin from the start, but I mean, you you know, season one as a, an eight-year-old, really, I, I may as well have not really watched it just because a lot of it was over my head. But yeah. It, yeah, it sounds like you and I both had, so we both watched the first season with 65 million other Americans at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you believe those numbers? That is insane. Like that, like that's just like... I can't fathom. I get this was a this was the era before streaming and you know YouTube and all those things. So it was a different time, but that is just mind boggling to me to this day that yeah. sixty million people watch us. But yeah, so I was in. We were both in from the start, and then how many seasons did you actually like relatively watch, or what was your you know what was your lifespan to begin with with this show? Okay, so I, I like I said, I came in at the end of season one. I did two, three, and four all the way through with Australia season two being my favorite because I was in love with Kobe and oh, yeah. uh, and Elizabeth. I uh, Now, knowing what I know about her now, I mean, what a change in a perspective I've had. But her as a player, I was like, this is, she is so fun to watch. And she was like one of the people I was rooting for. Um, but that was kind of my first upset where when Tina won over Colby, I was like, oh man, he, he, he did like the physical labor. He was good. He was a nice person. I just wanted to see him win. And that's when I got super invested. And so, and then from then I, you know, I liked Ethan as a winner. And then I think four was, is that, was that Jenna or is that season six? Uh, season four was Marquesas. Jenna was season six, the Amazon. Thank you. Was, okay. Was Rupert four? Sorry, this is going to be a lot of questioning to you. Yeah. So, so I, I do want to preface to the listeners as well. Like I, again, I am in a ridiculous, Joe Batanz of Afterthought Media calls me a survivor savant. So mm-hmm. I am going to spew out some facts left and right, but um, I'll try to keep it to a, the nerd to a minimum. Rupert was, se- Rupert was season seven, Pearl Islands. Oh my gosh. Okay. So maybe four, I didn't watch all the way through, unless that was Vesepia. Season four was Vesepia. Vesepia and Nalia, yes. That name just came to me, like, from the heavens, and it, like, beamed into my eye, or into my brain. Okay, so then I did watch four. So, like, I don't, like I said, I know these names, and I've seen the season, so maybe I was in a little bit longer than I thought. I don't really know where my dip in the show happened, but I will say that last season and the season before, which we had, oh, I can't remember their names now, but um, the lawyer and then the guy who was marooned on Exile Island for so long. I will get these names as we go on, guys, I promise, because I know how frustrating it is to hear a person talking about people and not know the names. Um, and I think one of them's coming back for the season 40, but I came back in and I was like, okay, this show is still the same format as when I was watching in seasons two, three, four. But it's escalated. It's become this whole, you know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to have the cold open about what happened at Tribal. We're going to have the rewards challenge. We're going to have everybody scurrying and trying to figure out what to do, who to invite to the reward. We're going to have the immunity challenge. And then we're going to have the Tribal Council. It's like a format that works. And it's just, it's been consistent the whole time through. Um, So what what have you noticed changing in the show since you've watched from the beginning to like where we are now? 
Yeah. So real quick, the, I believe the lawyer was Nick, and then the guy in yeah. exile was was Chris, right? Nick and, Nick Chris, and Chris. Nick, Nick, I was in love with. I thought he played such a good game. So I'm excited oh. to see him come back. Absolutely amazing player. I have a funny story about him later. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, so the, what I've noticed as a someone who's watched the show and kind of grown up with the show as a reality TV fan is that the show has gone from in the beginning seasons that we were mentioning a moment ago, it was really about the location and the culture and the the survival aspect. The, the theme was always focused on, look at these people that we've taken from America of all different backgrounds and they're they're adapting to this environment that's very specifically like foreign. So it was Thailand once. It was the Marquesas, was the beach, the outback, the Amazon. And then in the recent seasons, obviously they, in the form of reinventing itself, they learned that people kind of got tired of of that. It kind of lost its its appeal. And so the show has now become more about how can we find different groups of people and what what's the what's the structure of the makeup of the cast. And like, what will that say about like society or what will that, what kind of story can that tell? So the example of like David versus Goliath, like Survivor David versus Goliath was essentially about putting two tribes of people with, in theory, like commonalities in their daily lives that will relate to an audience and how will they, how will they react in the context of the game? Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest change I've seen. Um, It's Jeff Probst has become a lot more involved as a, as a, player of the you know in the production and as a host but i'd say the biggest thing when people always say oh that show is still on you know when i'm, I'm sure if, if people that you talk to when you say you're watching survivor i always get asked oh my god what season is that on like where are they where are they this time and it's like well they've actually been in fiji for the last like seven or eight seasons mm-hmm. but it's not about the location it's about like it's about who's playing and what's what's the what's the story they're trying to tell and they have included those themes, like what you touched on, where they had even um, beauty versus um, brawn and brains, and mm-hmm. white collar versus blue collar. Like they've had these themes that have played through the show, and it's kind of when you really break it down, you're like, well, now we're just grouping these people together and trying to form this kinship. Versus on season one, two, and three, those people had to find themselves, find their own tribe, like so to say, within that group, and see who actually played together. So, I, I do you think that that's doing a disservice by putting similar who they think are going to be similar players together on some instances versus letting everybody just loose onto the island and and seeing who who naturally gravitates toward one another yeah i think it does a disservice to the players like as in terms of the edit that they get and how they are included in the story because what i think happens typically is in the first few episodes of a season the theme is like shoved down your throats and i'm sure we'll see that in the the upcoming season that we'll talk about but after a while once things uh, develop and they kind of create their own little world and the tribes mix or swap. Uh, it becomes less about the theme and just about them as people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it does them a disservice, but I think it it definitely sets them up from the beginning with with a um, an expectation or they're kind of they're given to you as this character and they're expected to to relate their actions and the way they play the game based on like this initial theme. If that makes any sense, yeah. And and you talked about. Um, because Jeff Probst is obviously our lens into what's going on in tribal life and people are verbal with him during tribal council. Um, he, like you said, is playing a more important role in casting production. And as a host, I've seen him more from just a talking head of the challenges saying who's doing what to becoming a huge part of the actual game, um, calling out people during challenges if they're doing poorly, um, stirring up shit to put a basic in tribal council, he seems like he's, he's aware he's making a show, but he's also trying to, uh, to create narrative as it's going on. Do you feel like his 
how do you feel about him as a host, I guess, in general? And then we'll go into more about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tricky because I'm still trying to get cast on the show, so I don't want to say too many like bad things about Jeff Probst. Okay. But I but I do think that Jeff Probst is the heart and soul of Survivor. And I think what, Survivor without Jeff Probst is not Survivor in terms of he really like this is his his life and his his bread and butter and this is what he's so passionate about the game so in the beginning seasons you like you watch it and it's almost weird when you like watch a challenge and like you don't hear him commentating on it or they might you know they might write something on the screen about like which tribe is leading versus trailing but there's no comments from him whatsoever and now it's literally like someone blinks or drops a ball and he's like so-and-so once again like failing to deliver and he's like such he's such an active like part of of the player's experience which you know i think for like an audience is entertaining but i think it's also interesting that in terms of if you're playing the game he has openly said that he can be a tool for the contestants and you know they go to tribal council and they sit there and he's asking questions because and he's asking them knowing every single thing that's going on in their camp life he knows the ins and outs of what what they're their world is and so based on what he asks them or how you respond to him you can kind of use him to get information out of people so i think it, it's a good and a bad thing it, some of it's a little cheesy but i mean i i i i think he is such an important part of of the story and the show itself that no matter how you know cheesy or how many things that he does or he may say um i i think his his role is vital and I think, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's almost scary how little he's changed, like, physically. Like, he oh, looks... It's so weird to see. I mean, very little has changed. <laughs> like, I don't know what my, like, my obsession with reality shows with hosts that just don't age. But, like, he literally is, he looks honestly better than he did when he started the show. So, that's... I think the, a lot of it is, well, I don't know how what the budget is for Survivor and for him, but I think they get better makeup and hair and everything. But for him, it's just like he... He, it's like you said, I feel like he is, he is the show. Like it would be so weird to have Survivor without Jeff Probst. But so we know that we're going to have him as a constant. We may as well kind of use that as a uh, foray into our season 39, which um, we know is going to be called, what is it? Island of the Idols, right? Survivor Island of the Idols. Yep. And the twist, I guess, but it's a known twist to us already, the audience, is that we are going to be having two returning winners to the game, but they are not playing this uh, round they're acting more as mentors and we're going to have boston rob is it mariano i'm trying to remember yep. his last okay and then sandra diaz sandra, sandra diaz twine twine okay so sandra diaz we should mention or diaz twine has won the game twice boston rob has won it once um and yes. they are both considered one of the like some of the greatest players that have ever been a part of the show and um, constantly people who are brought up when people talk about the show. I feel like they're kind of like with Jeff, they're, they're one of the top people that you could visualize and know their name and know who they are, especially except for me trying to remember their last names. <laughs> well, no, you're a very, you're the, the that's uh, you're right though. And you're a very a normal person that I, the fact that I know their last name is probably better than some of my friends. Middle names is a problem on my part. You're, you're fine. <laughs> okay. So can you, you probably know a little bit better than me or like maybe in a more succinct way to say it, but they're not playing actively in the game. They're acting more as mentors to the players, the other survivors that are coming into the competition. Yeah, it's, I my understanding of it is a little a little weary, but for the general gist I get is that they are both there on a separate island to act as like either a resource or as mentors to contestants, and that at certain points throughout the the season, someone will be selected to go to this island, 
And the contestants won't know that Boston Robin Sandra are there until they arrive. Obviously, I think it's like supposed to be this big secret. But I think they're supposed to give them advice or maybe give them tasks or challenges. Maybe they'll put them through like, you know, mock, you know, trials of things. I really don't know what they're going to have them do. But I do know that Jeff Probst has the biggest heart on for Boston Rob. And that's and like so and Sandra is widely considered to be the queen of Survivor because she has won twice. And so these are two huge crowd favorites that I think they're going to use any chance they can to give them airtime. So I'm not sure in what capacity they'll be involved, but they're definitely apparently they're there the whole season and they are um, going to be an active part of each episode. So I'll be curious to, to see how it works out. Survivor has a way of pulling in familiar faces because I think it knows that its fan base likes to see people put in this situation again. And I, they, they are constantly bringing back familiar faces to the competition. Like this yeah. is not anything new. It's the way that they're being brought back in. Um, I did hear, I don't know if this is true and I don't know if I'm spoiling it for anybody, but you know, the premiere is coming out very soon. So we'll, we'll find out if I know or not that um, if Rob or Sandra want to compete against the person who is underperforming, I believe it was, then they can say, I would like to do the challenge against that person. (laughs) And then there is a, there is something that happens where I I don't know what that is, but this is a rumor that I read. I don't know if it's true. I don't even know the source. So I'm really sorry to even bring it up, but um, I, I heard that that is something that they might be doing. And so what would you think about that? Cause then they are kind of playing the game, right? Yeah, I I have not heard that, which is, um, and I don't know how I feel about that because I I don't. It would all depend on like the 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 timing in which they're able to you know get engaged with the game and how much of a consequence it has on the actual players. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I yeah I I I don't love that, and I I'll, again I'll have to see how it works out. But I don't know if you feel this way, but I after a while I do enjoy seeing like new players and fresh faces because. It does. When a show is in its 39th season and they know that they a big ploy to bring people back to watch a show is going to be using these faces that are loved and you know renowned by general audiences. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like it's just like this big, like, you know, like kind of they're just like sucking their dicks the whole time, which is yeah. oh, I, I can think of putting it like, have you seen those statues that they have on this island? No. Oh my god! There's uh, well, like still so on the on the island of the idols. There are two giant statues that are the faces. It's like Mount Rushmore style of Sandra and Rob. Stop it! That is obnoxious. Okay, I love that though. It's so tacky. It's so tacky. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it'll it'll depend on how how it impacts the final result, but. Yeah, I don't know. I would love nothing more for this show to strip it down to its basics again and do. As, no idols, no advantages. Just we strip it down to what it was yes. before and throw these people on to Fiji and like let them figure it out without coming in with the strategy because the game has kind of gone so far from that. Even though it stayed the same, it is it's it's uh, evolved, and I would love to just see it stripped down and not have these familiar faces. Especially if it, I think the challenge, like what people go on to Survivor for. I mean, you have have you applied already? You've said. Yeah, I've I've been applying for probably the last ten years <laughs> no, for, for 39, 39 years or thirty nine seasons. Literally. Um, <laughs> well, there's you know what I feel it for you. You're going to get it. But to have a person on there mentoring you is the, the term that uh, CBS is using. It's like I think people go out there to learn about themselves and want to do it on their own. So to have a, a person helping with tips, I think it kind of negates the the experience for some of the people. 
Yeah, I would agree. And it, it, it will end up negating the experience because I've, you know, they, they talk about how Survivor is two different things. There's Survivor for the contestants when you play, and there's Survivor for the show that it produces mm-hmm. because obviously you know, there's so much content and they, they only have so much time to tell a story. And so it, what, will it turn, what it might turn into is, you know, the way someone actually feels when they play the game or the experience they have may not be represented in the actual episode. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it can kind of be a tricky two way street. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, do you think that Sandra and Rob are the right choices for this role to be the mentors? I personally do. Do you? I, I've, I, uh, so I have watched both the. I've seen both the seasons that Sandra was on in one, and the one that Rob won. I agree with. I mean, you can't take it away that Sandra is a winner because she's she knows the game. She's won it twice, obviously. Rob, maybe I just don't agree with the way that Rob has always played the game. So I don't know if his his advice would be the one that I would want to take on how to take the because I don't I didn't see him as manipulative or anything. I just don't know if his game is the way that I would play mine. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that they are both knowledgeable about the game and they came in with a strategy that clearly worked for both of them. So I think that I can't imagine many other winners who I would think of who are as memorable for the show and have titles under their belts to come in and do it. Because, like, I mean, they could have had Ozzy and... Um, Who's the other guy who's like the hunk that everybody loves, but he never wins? Oh, Joe. Don't even get Joe. me started on that. I, I know. Yeah. So what, like they could have these fan favorites come back and say, and coach them, but they don't, they're really not playing the game if they're not winning. So mm-hmm. um, I don't, I think that if you're going to have winners, Sandra and Rob are, are the two best, but you, you love Sandra, right? Yeah. And I definitely agree. If you're going to think of the best winners to use, they are, they are the absolute, the greatest in terms of, of the winner contestant pool, because Sandra is the only person to win the game two times. Um, and I do think that she actually is one of the greatest, just for that simple fact alone that she, if you watch both the first seasons, um, she really does like like epitomize why Survivor can be won by anybody. And people often discredit her because she wasn't a challenge beast or, you know, she had this, well, as long as it's not me, like that's a huge social strategy. Mm-hmm. And she was able to use it twice. And she even started to get into it the third time she played. And she finally was, you know, eliminated pretty early but she is like the epitome of what i think a strong social game is and then rob on the other hand i i always kind of had a hard time with rob because he you say you've we say we've we've seen his seasons it took him four seasons to win the game right and so like you know he went to the final two of all-star season two and he lost to his now wife amber and many people thought that he should have won then and there's a lot of uh, speculation that the season that he won, which was 22 Redemption Island, was essentially a season that they cast a bunch of people that were kind of duds, and it was into to finally give Rob like a, a win. So I don't I don't discredit him as a winner. I think that he has a tremendous wealth of experience, and I think he is a great person to have. But I like you. I don't know if I would go there and be like totally you know, asking for his specific advice because I think he is inherently a huge target. Right. And I'm kind of curious as how to, like if the, when they're mentoring, how do they choose if they want to hear from Rob or Sandra when it comes to this? Cause honestly, I think I would never play. I don't know if I would play like Sandra, but I'd want to be interested in her thoughts of how I'm playing or what I should do in a certain instance. I think I would take her, her critique a little bit more seriously than Rob's. Yeah. Two time yeah, winner, man. She's the queen of survivor. Like you can't uh, minus 
Parvati, obviously. She's my queen, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a hard time saying that because I, I agree. And for the listeners, we'll we'll get into this, uh, you know, as this, the show progresses. But Jay and I have one massive connect or similarity with the show, and is that we are huge, huge fans of Parvati Shallow. I would say who, crush or, like, in love with. I don't want to put it too lightly. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I, I want her to, like, to, like, smack me and, like, do dirty things. Like, I, I, I have a really ridiculous crush on her. I think she's such a she is such a fox yeah i don't know i don't know how to i don't know (laughs) i know it's gushing i just wanted to like sit and have oreos with her but i would let her slap me too i guess yeah maybe not slap me maybe not slap me but you're right yeah oreos sound better i i would just love to sit and like have her teach me yoga and tell me why like tell me what i'm doing wrong with my life i feel like she's got she's got it figured out that's perfect yeah okay so yeah i guess i'll take yoga over oreos um so let's keep talking about season 39 then you we i mean you pointed out that this is the most diverse cast that they've had in years both ethnically and in age so do you think that that's kind of a call to i don't know what's kind of going on in the world right now like they're just trying to let more people in yeah that's a good that's an interesting Thing to speculate about because yeah so in this this cast is specifically has a tremendously high number of uh asian american or, or asian descent contestants which is often a very underrepresented group here um and the cast tend to tends to skew older so i don't know if that's a result of of what's going on with the times or if it's i'm trying to think of the people that played the season before if you know if there was a certain demographic that the contestants were predominantly like comprised mm-hmm. of if if they're not happy with how things played out maybe they'll think okay well we need to focus maybe the shift of, of being more heavy on this type of person and maybe we'll get a better outcome yeah and i i think that with a show like this where you're it's kind of like drag race where you put them in a workroom or on in this case on a camp and you let people boil you have so many people from different walks of life with different backgrounds and experiences that you're probably going to get better storylines that are either going to explode or tug at the heartstrings just because people are going to learn about each other um so i think it works in their benefit to have a good mix of young with old because typically what i remember from the show young people don't like old people because they're they don't work or they're lazy or they're like that person loses the challenges for us so it always kind of creates that tension whereas the the older people are like oh man, they're scurrying down there. They're they're being fishy. Like I'm going to have to, like, I don't know. They just have two different styles. And I guess that comes with age and background. So I think it's great for them to have diversity in this kind of show. Totally. Yeah. And in that, and in that vein, have you like, have you had a chance to, to look at the cast or do you have any like initial thoughts on what you've seen of them so far? Any standouts? Or? Yeah, I've had, I went to um, cbs.com and I checked out, they have like a full roster of everybody and kind of a breakdown, like a bio of, how they think they're going to do on Survivor, where they're from and what their occupation is. And I always look at the job first because I think that that is a huge indicator of how well they're going to do in a game. Um, And Uh the one who uh, he's at the top of my list is Jason Linden. He's from New York City and he's a personal injury lawyer. And I just think lawyers tend to do really great in this um, in this game. And he's 32. So he kind of he's a good middle age where he's not going to be annoying as like a younger player, but he's a little bit wiser not maybe not as like the oldest player but he's in that good i feel like your 30s is a good time to do it because you're still physical um and you're you've kind of learned how to talk to people and if you're a lawyer i think that that kind of gives you a really good background yeah no and, and you're right lawyers do tend to do pretty well with either really well or really really poorly so it, it'll all depend on how he interacts with with the rest of his mm-hmm. team that's what point. about you did you have somebody that stuck out or any like noticeable people 
Um, there are two that stick out. One of them is the, his name is Jack Nichtig. Um, he's kind of has, he's the younger guy. He has long hair. He's kind of been cast as this, that Joe or Ozzy mm-hmm. archetype. And the only reason, the only reason why he sticks out to me is that he is from Newport News, Virginia, which is where I went to school and he went to UVA, which is where oh, wow. I went to college. And so I, I'm like, kind of like, I don't, I don't hate him for taking my, my spot, but I, I, I'm like, oh my God, like this, this is, I, I checked those boxes. Why <laughs> did you pick be me? one? But, yeah, so I kind of want to like I, I want to root for him just because I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays. But there's another player, um, and I can't think of her name, but she was uh, cast, and she was the only person apparently in the history of the show to ever be referred to Jeff Probst directly, like by a friend of his, and get oh, cast. Wow. And I'll I'll, I'll look for Bianca her name, but I think she's interesting. <laughs> you know what? Roy Haylock actually would be so good I, I, on this oh, show. I agree, Could you imagine? Actually. That would be a great. Oh God! Can you imagine drag on? Okay, sorry, we're so off topic. This is where my mind's going to go. But yeah, who's who's your second one? Sorry, um, I'm I'm oh, looking okay. for her name now. I'm so sorry, but yeah, she's she's this really really fierce um uh middle age woman. I'm While you're looking for that, I do want to point out because I always go for sometimes the thirst trap too, where I'm like watching them just because I want to see them running around in their underwear. Um, Ronnie, oh. he's he's going to be on the Laro tribe. He's 35. He's from uh. Massachusetts as well and he's a poker player which who uh oh no I'm gonna forget his last name De- um Devins was a was he a poker player uh Devins was a newscaster oh that's who's the oh man I'm so sorry to do this to you but there was a poker player who did well and he came back a couple times um oh yeah what is his name poker players tend to do pretty well on this show and it'll come to me when i least expect right. it. right you're gonna wake shoot up it in the middle of the night and remember it but um i i think that that's a good profession too just because sometimes you know your tells you know how to um lie and cheat a little bit so i don't know i think that that's a he's he's one to watch for me as well yes i i totally agree and this person's name I'll, it'll come to me later but um yeah i'm honestly excited for for any of these people and talk about thirst traps what are your thoughts on this dean character uh, let me let me uh, get to dean i got my yep. thing up uh yep. the girl i'm thinking of that i'm excited for her name is lauren beck oh lauren okay oh is yep. dean on our team <laughs> you know i don't know if he's on our team i know vince is okay but dean dean, dean very well maybe he's a new york uh, contestant so i'm i'm very excited to find out Okay, cool. Well, uh, the great thing about Survivor is that these people just run around shirtless and underwear all the time. So if the game is boring at first, I mean, it rarely is, but if anything, it gives us some eye candy to look at. Totally, totally. Um, Let me see. What else do we got here? So that's season 39. Is there anything that's like really, it's Island of the Idols. I know that last season we had that whole exile twist where he came back for really four days of the actual game. And that really, Chris, right? He, that that irritated you as a as a fan? Yeah, it irritated me just because of the way the way it happened and, and the the fact that it was uh, that he was able to win after only playing for so many days. It, that's the whole thing. I'm I'm trying to leave that in the past and not be negative, but definitely irked me. But it's there is something to be said about playing. There's two games happening in that situation, and when you don't have to play a lot of the social game, I think that that's. I mean, it's outwit, outplay, outlast, and I think outwit talks about the survivor or the uh, social part of the game, and when that's kind of put on hold, it's. I think it's a little bit easier to sneak back in when you haven't backstabbed anybody, and then to come back and win the game. So I I, I understand your frustration there, but with this island of the idols, if we have somebody who keeps pulling out idols like Devons did last season where their time really has come up to leave, 
do you think that that's not fair? Because I mean, it's part of the game because and they found it. But do you think that that ruins the game at all? I guess. Yeah, it's tricky because I I don't think it ruins the game. I think it it just makes it a different experience as a viewer because you, my thing is like, I didn't really care for Rick Devins. I didn't care for people like Ben Dragenberger who won a few seasons ago um, because it sometimes feels like they're kind of just handed these, uh, these uh, advantages or there are so many things that, you know, like that are placed into the game that it kind of makes it impossible for them to get eliminated. And at times it, it seems as though this is happening because the production really likes this character and they want them to, to do well. So I can't, say that it ruins the game but it makes me sad for players that you know like for example victoria last season the girl with the the long you know ginger hair and the glasses right who was, was a great strategic force in the game and she ended up getting you know screwed because of all these advantages that were given or that were presented last minute so it's not that i don't think it ruins the game it just it changes it to a point where it makes it really really hard to to justify who deserves to make it to the end mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see how uh how it how it's how it plays out here. Yeah. And then I think I mean for both of us we we kind of talked about how season 39 is just an appetizer for how excited we are for season 40 which is going to be an all winners season which is reality TV heaven. It's mecca for me. I'm I'm so excited about that. Oh my god, I've been dreaming of this for so long. Yeah. I'm so excited. So I think we should save that for maybe later down the line when obviously once we're into 39 a little bit and we can talk a little bit more and see kind of how Rob and Sandra are because both of them are... Re- is I know Rob's returning for season 40. Is Sandra there as well? Yes, she is. God, these people, they... I mean, first off, they get a vacation to Fiji and just get to be as a mentor. That's really cool. And then they're going to come back and play. So they're kind of are in the mindset of like an island, how to live again. So I, that might give them their, uh-huh. their advantage, I think. But I think we should. Um, is there anything that you want to touch on about season 40 that you're like, why do you think it? Why are we so excited about it? Uh, season four. I mean, we're, I think we're excited about season 40 just because it's this is like Survivor is the ultimate competition like program on TV. And I think this is like the ultimate, ultimate all stars. Like these are the best of the best. And people are always just, you know, trying to figure out who's the queen of this or that. And so I think we're excited because you know, some of the players that are coming back have, you know, played several times or are such legends that they kind of swore they would never play again. Parvati for being one of them. And so I think fans are just excited to see them on the show again. And it's always exciting to kind of figure out, you know, who will end up edging out someone who in theory, when they start the game, they've all, they're all on the same playing mm-hmm. field. You know, when, when seasons where it's returning players and some of them are winners and some of them aren't, it's really easy for the winners to be kicked out sooner than later. Or the justification is of, well, they've already won, so they got to go. You know, not, that's not an excuse for any of them. And so it'll be interesting to see like how they how they all mesh. Right. And it's it's interesting because this time it's even though it's winners, they're all on a level playing field as far as the other competitors. Because last season we saw four returning players, two per tribe, and some of them made it further than others. And I think that's because people hold these these players that come back and put them on pedestals because they want to to see the experience that they bring. But on this one, everybody knows the game at least playing once. So they know what to expect with the cameras, people talking behind their backs, what to expect when tribal's coming up, the challenges that are going to happen. And it feels like for All-Star, whenever they have returning players, like a season with all returning players, they make the immunity and reward challenges extremely physical to Uh really make people want to hurt each other. It's almost like they go extreme with that. Yeah. 
And do you- yeah, and it's like they they know they know each other on the outside world, so it's like how can we make this super super intense and awkward for them? <laughs> right? And then we don't have a theme for that one. We don't know if it's like a heroes versus villains or um, how they're going to separate these these tribes up yet, do we? Uh, we do know the theme. The season is called Survivor Winners at War. And uh, we do know the tribe divisions, but it's completely, it's not, not arbitrary, but there's no, you know, there's no decision that went into who was placed on which tribe. That's, okay, that's interesting, because when they did the Heroes versus Villains, I remember how much they were really playing up the, oh, JT is such a, a hero, and then people on the other side were like, he's a villain! Like, they, they just wanted to use those um, descriptors for those people. Right. So it's interesting. I, right. I'm excited just because an all winner, it's just we're getting more of the stuff that we love. And there's other reality shows that I know have done that, like Project Runway. I know the hope is for RuPaul's Drag Race to have an all winner season. Eventually, that would be a dream to see because these people, they, they, I don't know, they, they know the game and it's fun to watch them play it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, I mean, they're kind of the faces of this legendary show and some of the, you know, recent winners, it'll be fun to see them interact in terms of, you know, someone like Nick who won David versus Goliath competing against uh, the likes of like Danny Boatwright, who he watched growing up win Guatemala. So it, it's, just, it's a very interesting dynamic of this legacy of like a Royal family of, of reality winners. Yeah. And there's people, uh, this is off topic of the all-stars or the, I guess, all returning players, but people like Cochran who have watched this, kind of like you, where they've watched this show from the very beginning. And I mean, they probably come in with this strategy and I wonder if they're able to keep it from the start of the game or if they have to really adjust because it's just the game turns it on the, on its head. They don't know their strategy that they thought going in is completely different from how they actually end up playing. Yeah. And it's some of them say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a this person when I'm playing, but when, you know, as soon as the the game's over, I'm this person. So how they reconcile that's always very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Do you have, is there anything that you want to talk about on our first episode before we finish up? Yeah. I mean, I did want to just give you the chance or maybe ask to get kind of get some, some insight into your interest in the show or is there anything that like you have always like thought about or wanted to like any questions that I could answer or things that you like things about survivor that you have always kind of been unsure of, or that you would, you would enjoy knowing more about before the season start. And we talk about it. Huh? I mean, you know, I, I am interested. Do you, I know that they do the review, the live finale in LA, which now that I'm kind of back in the show, I wouldn't mind getting tickets for it. Cause it looks like it's a fun time. Um, oh. How do they keep the, because other reality shows are so tight or are so open with how like the elimination order and everything are there, I guess I've never seeked it out. Are they pretty tight lipped with production and who's gone home and do, is production pretty good about that stuff? It's hit or miss. It, it, a lot of times, it, it, more than not, it is a pretty good, well-kept secret in the elimination order. A lot of times, the, the NDAs that the production team and the contestants have to sign is like millions and millions of dollars. So it's like really not in their best interest to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when things are spoiled, it's because there's like, you know, when the contestants that are eliminated in the beginning of the game, they go on this trip. They call it the pre-jury trip because they're not part of the jury, but they can't be flown home yet. Because if you go play Survivor and you come back 10 days later, obviously, You're they know you don't win. Yeah, right. So, like, a lot of times it, the spoilers come from, oh, you know, like, we spotted this group of people at, at this market in Australia. And, like, that will spoil who is the first couple people out of the game. But more than not, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tightly kept. Okay. And then you said you had a story about, was it Nick? 
Oh yeah, well yeah, Nick. But the the season this so this weekend, um, I actually met. You remember Gabby from Survivor, David versus Goliath? Yeah, the girl. Yeah, she like was she cried a lot. <laughs> yes, her, I like, do remember that. She um, I she's like uh, she lives in D.C. and she was friends with a few mutual friends of mine. And I actually got to hang out with her and have a few drinks with her this weekend, which was super super cool. Oh wow! Um, That's cool. and it was the first time I ever I ever met someone from the show. So for me, it was a. You know, I had to kind of sit on my fist and not scream and be a super big fangirl, but also treat her like a human being. But um, this was a, it was the first time I've ever met a contestant that's played the game. And so it kind of made me really excited. It was perfect timing before we start talking about the show. Oh, that's so, so cool. Okay, well, and are there any other run-ins that you've had with Survivors? Nah, not that I know of, or not that I can think of. A lot of... T- no, I would remember them because I, I would make a big deal about it. Is there a have you? Uh, what's so weird is I've lived in LA my whole life and I have never seen. I'm going even thinking back to like carpets that I've covered for reality TV or anything. I've never run into one person. Oh, you know who I did see one time was um, I think his name is JD Calderon. J- J- yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, we were in we were at a casting at the same time. And I remember seeing him and being like, God, he looks so familiar. Um, and then I was like, Oh, it clicked. And I, I mean, I couldn't, that was many seasons ago, but he's one that stuck out in my head. Yeah. He was um, on season 13. He was like fourth or fifth out. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. He, he, I, yeah he was the I, model. I remember he, like we were, we were, he was in LA for something. I don't know what it was, but I remember seeing him out. But other than that, I don't think so. Is, is there a dream survivor that you'd love to just sit and have a dinner with and just pick their brain? Yeah, I would honestly, I would love to sit down with Kelly Wentworth and just like have a few beers and like kind of hear her stories. Because I think she is kind of the poster child for like a modern, just like badass survivor woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to love to love to sit down with her. What about you? Well, poverty is like (laughs) poverty. 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 I want poverty with her. Obviously, I would love to hang out with her. I'd love to talk to. Oh, Richard Hatch would be a really good one just to like sit and see what, mm. I mean, this was before the explosion happened and just see what, cause he just seems like he is such an open book about the whole experience. And I've heard that he, he wasn't even considered for the all-star season. They and he even ever was asked or reached out to at all. Yeah. I've heard that he like either was completely not even reached out to or that like, they started to, and then they just kind of cut him last minute. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kind of the, he said, she said, but you know who else I liked, and I don't remember her last name, but she played a couple times. I want to say three times. Amanda. Um, yes, she. I feel like her for some reason she crumbles right when the like right when the merge happens. Homegirl cannot keep it together. She just starts to lose her game, or I don't know what happens. So I'd love to just talk with her and see kind of where her mind goes at like day thirty. <laughs> Yeah, completely. And I, I'm also really, really like her. And I remember having a hard time at first as a young kid, loving her, but letting Parvati beat her because mm-hmm. it was her versus Parvati in the end. And I didn't like, as, as I get older and I kind of look back at the, the show and the, the contestants, uh, she was 23 years old when she played back to back seasons. Wow. Like I was, I always wonder like, how would the, the brain of someone at 23 that did that well perform now but they're older and have more experience they're a little more mature and developed mm-hmm. um i yeah i would love to see her back and I, I don't know if she would ever do it but yeah she was a i had a big girl crush on her yeah she's i i, I loved her and i just was always rooting for her and then all of a sudden it would take a turn so 
Well, I kind of want to hear from the audience. Who Who is your dream survivor? Who's your favorite one that you guys would love to run into? Um, like I said, this is going to be ideally a monthly podcast. We might add more as we go, depending on kind of what the schedule looks like and how exciting season 39 is. Um, Evan, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you want to say? No, I, I just echo you. I would love to hear people's, you know, the audience's uh, questions or interests or things that you want to hear us talk about, because obviously I am a kind of a, a nerdy encyclopedia, but I'd love to have a, a more fixated uh, topic point. And I am just super excited to see how the season plays out. And, you know, I think hopefully, Jay, you and I will will be in touch as we're watching. And if there's something that we absolutely have to talk about, I, you know, I very much look forward to it. I must get on the air. Yeah. (laughs) I must share with the people. The great thing about this show is that it's very easy to talk about. It's a very water cooler show. So um, until next time, this was Survive Her with me, Jay Ellis. And, and me, Evan Ayers. I was going to say, I'm like, I guess I could say it for you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at don't underscore be underscore jealous or Twitter at still underscore jealous. And then Evan, where can they find you? And they can find me uh, at in line at Taco Bell or at Instagram at Evan M. Ayers, E-V-A-N-M-A-Y-R-E-S or on Twitter, nobody cares. That's N-O-B-O-D-Y-C-A-Y-R-E-S. And sometimes at Taco Bell on both of those apps. <laughs> truly in line doing all three things at once all right well until next time this was survive her you can follow jay ellis on twitter at still underscore jealous that's still underscore j-e-l-l-i-s on instagram you can follow him at don't underscore b underscore jealous that's don't underscore b-e underscore j-e-l-l-i-s you can follow Evan Ayers on Twitter at Nobody Cares. That's Nobody, C-A-Y-R-E-S. And on Instagram at Evan M. Ayers. That's E-V-A-N-M-A-Y-R-E-S. Survive Her is an Afterthought Media podcast.